Today is January 24th, 2021, and I was listening to an episode of The Happy Rant while traveling. As a group of ministry workers, they use the phrase dying on the vine to describe what it's like to do pastoral work. To faithfully, sometimes joyfully, sometimes painfully, sometimes both, work truly never-ending hours for intangible, sometimes imperceptible results. And if I could just say one thing, it's that Christ died to remedy our successes and failures, but not to atone for them. It's been a strange two years for my physical and mental health. After leaving a context of far more intense psychological and emotional stress than I realized, I expected that the nausea, vertigo, nightmares, fatigue, etc, etc, etc would leave, and they did for about two weeks, and then I spent three months sick with what felt like the flu. Finally, I was well again, thinking that I just needed to rest up and I'd be able to be present enough to establish a new community while doing school and working a part-time job. Then it happened for the first time. My body started seizing up, my face started twitching, my eyes glazed over. The confusion about what was going on made my heart race so that it became hard to breathe well, and then it was over. And I was on my back, on the floor, shaking, staring at the ceiling with a dull headache, and feeling as though someone woke me up from a very, very deep sleep. And that's where I stayed for over a year. I can't necessarily measure the work of the Holy Spirit, let alone ensure it. I just show up and hopefully faithfully trust that he'll grow me and use me to grow others. But you know what I can measure? Failure. Day by day, week by week, month by month, the number of calls I canceled, sometimes minutes before, the number of Bible studies I failed to attend, the number of community groups I was absent from, the number of worship services I missed, the prayer meetings, the discipleship calls, the volunteering and evangelism opportunities, the relationship building conversations and meetups, not to mention school discussion groups, delays in turning in or even completing work, and despite the graciousness of my boss, an abysmal job performance. And yet, God does not despise me for inability. Does that mean that there are no consequences to failures? Absolutely not, especially when it comes to hurt. There is nothing more painful to a God-complexed image than to have a failure break into their own delusional narrative. It's the circumstances of life screaming at you, you are not God. On one hand, when it comes to the failures of others, no one will ever serve you perfectly. In fact, they haven't been called to. You failed me is not an accusation of sin. Additionally, you're not the one powerful enough to be the saving redeemer whose intentions, even very good ones, always come to fruition. And yet... I find myself on a regular basis disproportionately grieving the things I didn't do, achieve, or fix, sometimes grieving them far more than my sin. 
if we live this way as a blanket statement, having our standards of failures and success define morality, we end up in a roller coaster of a world of extreme hopelessness and co-manipulative relationships. Jesus didn't die to atone for your failures. He died to atone for your sins. But there's another layer here that Gen Z and most Eastern cultures are acutely aware of, even when they can't articulate it. What about shame? To put it simply, guilt is the dissonance between a standard and a person. Shame is the dissonance between two persons. We serve a triune God. One essence, three persons, the epitome of unity and diversity. And he is the great redeemer, the one who has forgiven guilt that God and man and man and man might be reconciled for eternity. Reconciliation occurs when shame is covered. But here's the rub, and where a distinction needs to be made. Failure is often a source of shame, but our reactions conflate failure to be shame itself. But I think Jesus' response to life, and the Apostle Paul's after him, says something. He didn't hate that he was, quote, always letting people down. He despised the shame He constantly acted in ways counter to what the dissonance of shame dictates. In fact, he sought out failures, simply heaping shame upon shame on himself. To those who have done any form of ministry, imagine preparing with limitless resources 30 years for a three-year stint. And during those three years, while living your spiritual life blamelessly, You spent every day with 12 disciples, and by the end of those three years, not a single one of those 12 men could even articulate the rudimentary core truths of the gospel. And then, on top of that, having the stint end because you were arrested and executed as a result of slander. What would we think of that man's fitness for ministry? Would we say, Surely this man is the son of God? It's been a reminder to me. Don't despise the failure. Despise the shame. And run. Run.